0: Welcome to the latest episode of El Paso Talks, where the voices of El Paso are heard. Now let's welcome today's host. Good Sun City Day El Pasoans and so welcome to this episode of the DMB Podcast. I am your host, Delirious Montañas Berrios, commonly known as DMB with a B like Bravo. And in today's episode, we will be discussing several topics, My ultimate goal on every single episode is to be authentic, transparent, honest, and real by expressing my own opinions and views, nobody else's but my own. So let's get started. Um, First, let's talk a little bit about the Allen, Texas Shopping Center shooting in where eight individuals were killed and seven were injured. And my heart goes out to the families The friends and you know the individuals that lost their lives on that incident, but it's like I keep telling everybody these shootings are not gonna stop, they're gonna, they're not going to stop, and they will continue because of the hate and the disparity that uh, our government, our political organizations, you know, have. Display to America. You know, our youth is learning the worst of the worst, and whenever they engage in these incidents, they do it without a heart, meaning there's no emotion attached to it. It's sort of like an action, and that's what they have in their mind, and that's exactly what they want to do. Now, I know that in the Texas legislation, uh, there is a bill and, uh, they're trying to increase, and as a matter of fact, I believe that it passed the Texas House, they're trying to increase the minimum age to purchase an assault weapon from 18 to 21. And, like I have always stated, weapons do not kill. It doesn't matter if it's an assault weapon, or if it's a handgun, or whatever weapon the suspect uses. Hands do. I do not agree on individuals being able to purchase a weapon without a permit, not having the license, and that weapon not being registered. Those are the three main things that we need to start advocating for. I do not agree on increasing the age to 21 years old age to purchase a weapon because most of the times these individuals that commit these crimes, those weapons do not belong to them. They belong to a friend or maybe they uh, purchase it in the black market or things of that nature and then another thing that we have to think is you know it is a violation to the second amendment you know what about those individuals that like hunting and they're between 18 and 21 that means that you're going to violate their rights and they cannot purchase a weapon because it's an assault rifle you know give me a break another thing that we need to talk about is about the driving age you know um, individuals can get a driving permit with parents authorization after they're 16 years of age You know, and somebody can have a driver's license after they're 18. So, you know, uh, let's be real. So no, I do not agree on increasing the age from 18 to 21 on assault rifles. Uh, I think that we need to, again, go back to parenthood, education, you know, the licenses, the permits, the uh, weapons being registered, and, and that's what I go for. Uh, The next subject that I wanted to talk about is the special elections. I want to thank everybody that took the time out of their busy schedule to actually go and vote on early election or on the voting date for the special elections because we were able to kill that nonsense preposition K. Again, I am all for climate change, but in the way that the preposition was actually written, it was very confusing and it was leaving a lot of loopholes on provisions that I did not particularly agree. I.E. I don't agree on every single resident of uh, El Paso, Texas having to convert from electric to solar because mm, not everybody can afford it, you know. Uh, So again, there were some provisions in that preposition that I didn't agree with, I voted no, and I am glad for everybody that voted no, because if I'm not mistaken, we got 82% of the voters going uh, in opposition of that preposition K. Um, Now, I wanted to remind everybody that there's going to be another election on June the 10th, because... Neither of the El Paso independent school board members actually get more than 50 percent. So uh, they uh, they have to go back to the ballot on June the 10th. So please make sure that you schedule that on your calendar so you don't forget. Uh, Jacqueline Martinez got 26 percent. Valerie Beals got 30 percent. Um, I mean, I studied both of them. Um, I will not tell you who to vote for. I will just tell you to educate yourself. You know, go to their web pages and see what they're all about and what they're doing for the community and what they're willing to do whenever they get in um, in the school uh, district. So again, June 10, the El Paso Independent School Board members uh, special election. Um, You know, something that I would like for the city to kill at some point in the future is about this 50 over the 50 percent of the votes, you know, uh, like in Puerto Rico, uh, we don't have that. You know, you go to, you put your name on the ballot and whoever gets the most votes is the individual that wins the elections. I think that doing uh, another round costs the city a lot of money, which at the end is actually taxpayers' money. So that's something else that I would like to see, um, you know, getting rid of at least in our county in the next future. The next subject I wanted to talk about was Title 42. You know a couple of months ago I went to San Francisco and I went to Houston and um, and I've been to Chicago in the past and I tell you you know I, I detested being in any of those cities. Uh, I It gave me an appreciation for our Sun City and what we have. And now uh, we're actually becoming just like these cities, you know. uh, At one point, it's going to be unsafe. Uh, I am concerned about the manpower on local law enforcement agencies, you know, uh, I am concerned about the city not having enough portagens on the streets and people starting to urinate on the streets like is happening. The tourism is going to be affected. The economic development, small businesses are going to be affected. You know, my niece lives in Philadelphia. and Whenever they have those riots and they actually started, you know, attacking the small business owners and destroying these uh, local businesses, it was chaos, it was a disaster. And that's exactly what I see coming to our Sun City if the federal government doesn't get a, a, a grasp, you know, a grip on the situation because it's really a crisis, you know. Um, they send, you know, 15,000 or 1,500 troops to the border, and my question is, you know, for what? You know, uh, the Democrats are doing the same thing that the Republicans did whenever President Trump was in office. You know, at that time, I was working for Border Patrol, and I can tell you, you know, as a as a reservist and an armed service member, I appreciate the help. But, you know, the most that they can do is assist us with administrative matters. You know, they can assist, you know, the agents on feeding the migrants, but, you know, they cannot apprehend anybody. They cannot detain anybody. They do not have that jurisdiction. What happened is, you know, what happened if, uh, if an immigrant became, become, you know, uh, uh, there's an altercation, you know, now you're talking about jurisdictions, you know, and then if, a service member actually fire against that migrant, you know, the repercussions behind it. You know, so there is a lot to think about you know, whenever we start sending troops to the border. Um, And I know that our governor is uh, trying to act because the federal government is not responding, i.e. Congresswoman Escobar, you know, pushing, you know, President Biden to actually do his job and enforce the laws. But, you know, sending 1,500 troops to the border is not the answer. I mean, I agree with uh, Representative Tony Gonzalez in where uh, we'd rather, you know them, send fifteen hundred immigration judges, you know, and and Fox, you know, to get their cases heard in days and not years. You know, uh, if they qualify to asylums, so, you know, we welcome them. We welcome them to the United States, and if they don't, then we're sorry, but they have to go back to their country. You know, I have traveled the world with the United States Army, and I tell you, every single country that I go, I have to show a passport, and I understand about the asylum laws and I understand about the refugees, but the majority of these individuals, whenever they see an administrative judge, they do not qualify for either asylum or refugee, you know, not because they come from a poor country. That means that they are entitled to come into the United States. You know, the non-governmental organizations, the NGOs, You know, they're not really helping the poor and the folks uh, dealing with the drug addictions, uh, the homeless veterans on their mental health. You know, uh, they're not doing any of that. They're focusing 100% on the border crisis and the migrants coming through. So, you know, think about that. You know, how is that fair to the individuals that are in pain and suffering on in our own community? That might be your brother, your sister, your cousin, your neighbor, your friend. You know, now we're using, you know, our funds to take care of the migrants. And then we are totally ignoring the needs of our own. You know, uh, I know that this week uh, they're talking about uh, enforcement on the streets and, you know, they they're going to start this coming Thursday talking about having the migrants surrender to the police department, you know, All I see is the manpower that these agencies have, you know, the riots that are gonna start happening on the streets, you know, the protests, they destroy businesses, like I have stated before. So I'm, you know, really concerned about what's happening in our Sun City. Um, You know, the streetcar, you know, where they were talking the other day uh, regarding, you know, having a certain days during the week, now they actually have to stop the usage because of the safety of the migrants. So, you know, everything in our city is going to be affected by everything that, you know, I am not saying every single Democrat is allowing, but, you know, uh, the individuals that are pushing this narrative on the Democratic political party you know, we are destroying our sun city, which is a beautiful sun city. You know, last week, the city was talking about municipal IDs. You know, I agree on municipal IDs because it's a way to identify an individual, but I do not agree on municipal IDs because I know that the Democrats are going to try to get the migrants to vote on the 2024 election. So, you know, I just need America, you know, to open their eyes and see what's happening in our community. You know, let's talk a little bit about the gas cars. You know, I do believe in caps, you know, a certain amount of funding for the month, and if you exceed that amount of mileage and you need more gas, I am sorry, but you're going to have to use it from your own pocket. You know, whenever I was a police officer, whenever I was, you know, a a federal agent for Border Patrol, you know, we were on call 24-7. You know, if something will happen, they will call you if they needed a manpower, and nobody paid me for my gas, you know. Um, I know that Representative Hernandez uh, and former Representative Rodriguez, you know, uh, on Friday, I think that Hernandez delivered a, a check for $1,600 to the city. Uh, and that was the amount to cover the charges, you know, for the gas expenditures in 2022. And I think that Claudia Rodriguez was going to be paying $5,200 5, in those gas charges. You know, um, You know, this is this this came out of Miss Cassandra Hernandez. She stated, I really do believe that the auditor failed to meet the steps of the internal auditor charter. She said, no due process was provided to me, and I think that that would resolve a lot of concerns. Miss Cassandra, I am sorry, you should have known how much money you spend on your gas on your gas card every single month because in my opinion that should have been disclosed every single month to the city you know armed forces members whenever we get the per diem we have to tell the federal government how much we spend you know uh on which day and for what purpose and you are no exception just because you're a city uh, council member for the, uh, for the city of El Paso. Um, for Claudia Rodriguez, I am sorry, ma'am, but you need to pay that money back. And if I were you, I wouldn't run for any elected office in 2024 because I will get every single constituent in our city to expose every single thing that you have done for our city whenever you were a uh, city council member. Uh oh, let's move on from the gas cars. You know, um, I think that our city needs a lot of work on transparency, accountability, uh, justice and oversight. Uh, I agree with Major Lizard, you know, he stated that he didn't know when that gas card, you know, max cap, you know, uh, change. But I think that somebody needs to get in there and do like a like a spring cleaning in city council because, you know, it's bizarre what's happening. They need to be focusing on their job, not focusing on, you know, on nonsense stuff. You know, this is this is this is like high school stuff. People not being held accountable. Um, let's talk a little bit about um the legislation, Texas legislation, uh, is going to end on May 31st and there's a bill that I have been working heavily, that's the Senate Bill 2253, that's the Workplace Psychological Safety Act, which Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick assigned to, uh, to the committee, and it actually needs a hearing. So, you know, I have it posted on my uh, Facebook group and my Facebook page in where you can actually call the clerk for that specific committee and request for that uh, bill you know to get a hearing before uh, May 31st and uh, the Workplace Psychological Safety Act has to do with uh, ending the workplace abuse obviously on the workplace and that happens more time than not and that's the risk because sometimes people commit suicide because there's no there's no outlets for people to report. Uh, The reporting and the justice takes forever, and most of the times the individuals don't get justice and they end up in the same place as they started. Um, You know, there there are many, many important and crucial bills that are very important to both the Texas legislation and the uh, congressional legislation, and I see a lot of these elected officials you know wasting time introducing bills that really you know that they really don't make any sense but they just try to act like they're doing something and that really upsets me and it sure upsets you too because these elected officials are elected by the constituents of our county to work for us, you know, we do not work for them. They work for us. But the problem is that we continue to keep electing the same individuals, and all we do is cry and complain that they're not doing their job. You know, America needs to start acting and stop the lip service. And if individuals in elected official in elected office are not doing their job, they need they need to be taken out. Period. You know, uh, these Jaime Sarsa. <laughs> You know, this is a funny thing, you know, I I have a couple of uh, cases against uh, individuals and then I have a couple of cases against the government and the problem is that Jaime Esparza is uh, the, uh, the, the, the attorney that's actually in charge of, uh, how you say, defending, defending the government, right? So what type of do you process am I going to get on my on my cases? You know, um, again, these cases need to be out of the El Paso jurisdiction and possibly uh, go to another region because I don't see anything coming out of these cases as long as Jaime Esparza, you know, is in charge. He was nominated by our congresswomen and it was for a reason. Everything that happened to me was under Jaime Esparza whenever he was the DA for the El Paso County. And he did nothing. Now he goes to the a USA position, you know, and has the power to basically clear his name and not be held accountable for not holding these local federal agencies accountable. You know, that my friends is a huge conflict of interest. And if you do not see that you have no idea how the justice system works. You know, um There's a lot of collusion between uh, our congressional elected officials and our federal agencies in where they're violating the laws, they're violating policy regulations and even established laws. You know, I am not going to stop, you know, uh, reporting them to Congress because uh, somebody needs to hold them accountable. And again, if they do not help these individuals accountable, once election comes around, they need to be taken out of office. You know, um... The case on Private Richard Holiday, you know, I always bring that because, you know, it is not a cold case. You know, he is a service member and uh, he deserves every attention from our Paso County. And there's a lot of individuals that have no idea who Private Holiday was. You know, I try to uh, do my due diligence and keep him on my social media for awareness um, because I want the family to have a little bit of peace that at least somebody's fighting for them. You know, uh, I know that that there is uh, individuals that know what happened to him and I know that they're hiding the information and, you know, this is a message to the soldiers. You know, uh, if you're not involved, and you know at least what happened to Richard because you know you either witnessed it or you either heard it from somebody. Please, please, please contact Miss Holiday and let her know. We are more than willing to advocate for the soldiers. You know it is not their fault that they're involved in this mess that somebody created. Um, what upsets me is that uh, the government lied. The government lie and they continue to lie, you know, and that is not acceptable. It's not acceptable to me, and it shouldn't be acceptable to you. You know, let's talk a little bit about the city buildings and the grants and the usage and all that stuff. You know, let me tell you, whenever the city gets money, it's actually money allocated by the con uh, by Congress, and that money, like I have stated in the past, has to be used for that specific. Purpose. If it's not used for that purpose, that money needs to go back to Congress or it needs to be amended and then be reallocated back to the city. You know, the other day um, I requested a building and, uh, you know, they gave me this, you know, this blah, blah, blah thing that, you know, I requested in writing, oh, guess what? I still haven't gotten it. So again, you know, you cannot pick and choose who you allow to have use of our city buildings city buildings are property of the taxpayers you know therefore they're used it doesn't matter you know which political party they belong to you know if if there's an education or a training event and they need a city building that's what the city buildings are there for you know we shouldn't have to do them on somebody's backyard or anything like that So uh, I am still working with that. Uh, I'm probably going to have to get a district one city uh, council member involved because uh, city staff thinks that they work for themselves and they don't, they work for us. Um, let's talk a, lot about, a little bit about Proposition K again. I just wanted to mention, um, you know, the issue with uh, Frontera and Gary Lane and the subdivision that they're trying to construct. You know, now that Preposition K uh, is out of the window, I reached out to District 1 Representative Brian Kennedy and I told him, I said, you know, why can't we reach out to El Paso Electric and see if they're interested in buying or investing in this property, you know, behind my property, and maybe they can do like a solar uh, landfill that uh, that will benefit both Sotland Park and the El Paso County, you know, because the El Paso Electric serves both Texas and New Mexico. So, um, you know, uh Solon Park and El Paso and the El Paso Electric should do a walkthrough on that land and actually see if, if that's something that, that they might be interested in uh, investing because in that way, at least, you know, it stays as an open land and we do not lose the view and we do not have to change the zoning for the area. In that way, the individuals that have horses, like such myself, you know, can continue uh, working their businesses and providing for the community. Um, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit about protests and rallies. You know, I uh, like. I like to do... I prefer to do or have peaceful initiatives, you know? I avoid conflict at all costs. You know, I compare it like driving, you know? Most of the times, people that engage or are involved in accidents, it's not because of their fault. It's because of somebody else's fault. And that's how I see rallies and protests on the streets. You know, you can try to have a a peaceful rally and try to advocate for something and somebody comes and try to create commotion and out of the sudden you're involved in a predicament that you could have avoided. So that's why I don't like uh, any type of protest, I don't like any type of rally. Um, i rather do peaceful, peaceful, I don't even want to call them demonstrations. Um, You know, you can do so much on social media, you know, and stay away from uh, trying to get involved on the streets. You know, um, I met Tony Gonzalez the other day, and, you know, I can say that I was impressed with what he has to say, uh, but now, you know, I need him to uh, do exactly what he said that he was gonna do, you know. uh, Tony Gonzalez is not endorsing my campaign. You know, I have not spoken to him about that, Um, but I agree with him. The president needs to enforce the laws that already exist on the books, that's it. You know, there are no new laws that need to be created. You know, uh, I would will, I will love to work alongside with him to get our border communities where they need to be. So, you know, coming 2024, I might reach out to Tony Gonzalez now that uh, he has been outcast by the Republican Party just because he did exactly what his constituents wanted him to do, to be the voice for them. That's crazy. You know, I keep saying it over and over. I am a conservative running in the Republican ballot. Um, you know, Texas House Bill 1635-1635 will prohibit political parties from denying an otherwise eligible candidate for office from running on their ballot. There will be st- steep fines to those uh County chairs that decide to cross those lines. Uh, now it is at the state Senate Affairs Committee uh, to request a hearing in the upper chamber. And if you agree with that uh, with that initiative, you guys can call Terry and Taylor at five one two four six three zero three eight zero. That's five one two four six. 30380 and tell her that you are in favor of Texas House Bill 1635 that will prohibit political parties from denying an eligible candidate from running for office. Um, The Texas Republican County Chairman Association is in favor of the bill as well. So please, please, please call her. So there's no issues in 2024 like both political parties have them in 2022. Um, I am happy to say that Texas Senate Bill A fifty relating to the Texas Child Mental Health Care Consortium actually passed the House. So uh, hopefully we, you know, we start working on that initiative you know, in the next coming uh, year to protect our children and address the mental health in the school system. Another bill that is very close to my heart is the Texas House Bill 4185. 4185, That's actually relating to a pilot program to award grants for personalized treatment protocols for veterans diagnosed with post traumatic stress disorder. And that is really close to my heart. You know, the protocol is ah, extremely expensive, the uh, veteran affairs do not. Uh, cover set, Department of Labor does not cover set and there's a lot of uh, veterans that are affected by it and I can speak for myself, the protocol is amazing Um, and I really would like uh, House Bill 4185 passed the Senate. Uh, It did pass the House, it passed the committee now it needs to pass the senate and hopefully uh it passed the senate with flying colors and our veterans will be able to take advantage of the services so guys gals that is all for now i know that it was a lot of information i tried to be as fast as i could and as concise as i could but one can follow me on facebook um, dmbfor group and page and on twitter daily as I am heavily involved with both legislation at the Texas level and uh, the federal level. And I frequently share my thoughts and opinions on specific subjects that affect all of us as a community, not just you, but me, myself, because I am a constituent as well. Um, I invite you all listeners to join me actually on our monthly virtual java chat in where we can go more in detail and more in depth in our conversation and debates. Our next one is scheduled for tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, May the 10th at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So go to DMBFOR Facebook group to locate the Zoom link or you can join us live on Facebook itself the day of the event. Uh, I usually post it on my personal page, was is my first name, Delirious, and my first last name, Montañez. This is Delirious Montañez Barrios, your host with the DMB Podcast. Please like, share on all of your social media outlets and with all of your email contacts. Subscribe, and I will see you all next Monday on our next exciting episode. Our next episode will be... I don't know. Let's see what happened in our city and our county and our state and our federal government this week. I know that we're more likely going to talk about Title 42 a little bit more. Let me know if there's any specific subject you want me to touch on by sending me a message to www.dmb4elpaso.com. Again, join our Facebook group. DMVFOR and like our page to get the, load, the latest updates on the things that we're working on. Uh, have a great day in our sun city. Uh, enjoy the rest of the li- of the week. Live today uh, because tomorrow is not promised. So see you guys tomorrow, uh, month, actually Wednesday, May the 10th on our monthly webinar. If not, I'll see you guys on Monday on our next uh, podcast. DMB signing out for now. Thank you and have a good night. This has been the DMB podcast with Delirious Montaignez Berrios, your host. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review my podcast. Until next time, be safe and truly enjoy this day as if it was your last. Live life to the fullest without any regrets. Be in control of your life and your destiny, but most importantly, do unto others as you will have them do unto you. This has been El Paso Talks, a podcast about El Paso delivered to you by the voices of your neighbors, your friends, your family, and even yourself. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, and rate our podcast. El Paso Talks is produced by El Paso News. The opinions expressed are those of the individual delivering the episode and may not necessarily represent the views of El Paso News or the other podcasters on El Paso Talks. Find us at elpasonews.org. See you in the next episode.